Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 26, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I hope everyone enjoyed the playoff action from Tuesday night. Good, good night of good night of playoff action as the Houston Rockets eliminate the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Utah Jazz with a surprising Game Five victory over the LA Clippers at the Staples Center. You can, of course, get a complete recap on those games, plus the Spurs and the Grizzlies, San Antonio getting a Game 5 win over Memphis. You can get a complete recap of all those games and, and all those series from the great podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're looking for a redux or a recap of the Thunder and their season, check out Fred Katz on Locked On Thunder. If you're looking for the winning side, check out Locked On Rockets or check out Locked On Spurs, or check out Locked On Jazz, um, as well as Locked On Clippers, Locked On Grizzlies as well. All the all the podcasts, uh, in the le- every team in the playoffs is covered by a Locked On podcast, so be sure to check those out as we get deeper and deeper into the playoffs. You'll probably notice that that these episodes will condense a little bit. You know, there are some big issues I still want to hit, but some quick hitter things that I'm going to try and get to and, and try and get these kind of spun out a little bit more. Uh, because you know there's not a lot going on with the magic for at least a few more weeks. Well, when we when there's news, we'll get to it. Trust me. But right now, where I'm kind of going through our player evaluations, of course, which will continue today, as well as some little news and nuggets that that I'm filling in uh, from the end of the season as we as we begin to finish looking back and start to look forward. We'll do a little bit of that today as well. Uh, not a lot to get to on today's show. Like I said, uh, I think. The, the biggest thing, uh, or at least the newsy, I, there, there, there was one newsy item from last week that I wanted to get to and talk just briefly about, uh, and that is uh, Evan Fournier and his, his future uh, and his plans this summer. Um, he did an interview late in the season with L'Equipe magazine in France. Um, the, the interview was in French, and I had to use a Google Translate to uh, get a better idea of what was said. Uh, but essentially, Evan Fournier uh, said that he uh, was planning uh, to go see a wrist specialist. Um, uh, you might remember toward the end of the season, Fournier missed a couple games uh, with a sore wrist. It wasn't anything that was really major, um, but the Magic kept him out of a game against the Brooklyn Nets late in the season when it didn't really matter, and, and Vogel wanted to get his young guys in there anyway. Uh, but it, it did seem like he wanted to just get it looked at again now that the season was over. Um, first, he took his trip to Utah. He probably saw on Facebook, or not on Facebook, on Twitter, and as well as on a Snapchat, some photos of him hanging out um, off a cliff uh, in Utah. I believe he visited Zion National Park, which if you've never been to Zion National Park, definitely go to Zion National Park. Uh, it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, and visit its sister park, which is not so far away, uh, Bryce Canyon. Uh, really just, you know, it's it's the Utah Jazz won game five. Go visit the big five. Uh, you, if you don't know, Utah has five national parks. 
All five of them are awesome. Arches National Park is my favorite national park. It's in Moab, Utah. It's way south uh, in the desert, but it is unbelievably gorgeous, as is Zion, as is Bryce, as is Canyonlands, as is Capitol Reef. Um, I'm sure David Locke is going to be really impressed that I know all five of the big five national parks. I I did them all in one summer. It was amazing. Um, But uh, Evan Fournier went to Utah, had a nice little vacation. I think he said he was back in Orlando already. Um, And and so he said he was going to visit a risk specialist, hopefully get that cleared up. Uh, He also made a strange, not strange, but made a a somewhat cryptic tweet, I guess. Um, You know, saying, hashtag Eurobasket 2017. Uh, with the French flag. Um, there were some reports that he was going to talk with Vincent Collet, the head coach for the French national team, about his status with the with with the team. Um, Fournier was famously very upset that he was left off the Olympic roster last year. He decided to sit out the Olympic qualifying tournament uh, because of his contract situation. He got his he got his contract done quickly. I think a lot of people even suspected that he took a little less money to get it done quicker. Uh, so he could be ready for the Olympics. Uh, and when Collet decided to stick with the guards that he had in the Olympic qualifying tournament and not add him in, uh, he was not happy about it. Um, when Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel asked him if he was going to play in Eurobasket, Fournier, who is always usually pretty open and will, will talk to us about anything, uh, said, next question. Like, he didn't he didn't even want to answer it. But he did tweet a few days ago, uh, simply hashtag Eurobasket 2017 with the French flag. And so... Uh, I took that to mean he's playing in, in Eurobasket this summer, which which will take place at the end of August. Uh, so by then, Fournier should be plenty healthy, plenty ready to go. And of course, um, we'll be keeping an eye on that uh, as well throughout the summer. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. When it comes to the magic, though, um, I guess the big picture thing I want to talk about is just very basically go through... Some of the Magic's needs this this offseason, this summer. Um, it, it's obviously a lot has changed and a lot will change when it comes to the Magic this offseason. Um, Orlando essentially built a roster to play one way last year. And I talked about this a little bit last week, but Orlando essentially built a roster to play one way at the beginning of last year, last summer, and ended with a roster that's playing a completely different way. And that was a huge challenge for Frank Vogel and the Magic after the All-Star break. Uh, I, I like to, I maybe cynically pointed out throughout the, the post-All-Star break period that while aesthetically and, and visually the Magic were playing better, the results were not much better than they were before um, before the All-Star break. In fact, in, in some respects, they were worse. Uh, and so it's it's tough to say why that's the case. If you can look you can look and feel like you're playing better, but you're actually not, what does that mean? Well, I think there are remnants of the old roster that, that need to be shed. And the Orlando has to find a way now to, to play to an identity. If there's one thing that the Magic learned this offseason, I mean, and a lot of this is up in the air about who they decide to keep and which players they decide to keep on the roster, 
Uh, but if Aaron Gordon's going to be your power forward, which certainly seems to be the case, how do you build a roster around that, or how do you build a roster that accentuates um, the players that you have in the style you want to play? If the Magic want to play an up-tempo style, what do they have to do to play that style? Some of these are just general needs that, that I think we all recognize the Magic need. The Magic need a score. They need a go-to score. Somewhere, somehow, they need that kind of player. And I think that's what a lot of people are hoping the Magic can get in the draft, if not to be the go-to score this year, uh, then to develop into one. I mean, you obviously still have Evan Fournier, still have Terrence Ross who can take over at times. Aaron Gordon can maybe develop into that kind of a player too. But I think the Magic imagine using this this top five lottery pick that they're going to have uh, as a means to bring in that kind of game-changing, playmaking, force-feeding scorer that they lacked all of last year. When the offense got stuck last year, the Magic were stuck. They didn't have a place they could go force-feed the ball and make something good happen. Not really till the end of the season when the space opened up for Alfred Payton. I think... On top of all this, and this is you know something I'll talk about in a little bit in our player evaluation today, uh, is they really needed a shooter. They really need shooting. I mean, when you looked at the lineup at the beginning of the beginning of the year, and I, and I thought about this while I was doing the Alfred Payton player evaluation yesterday, the Magic had Alfred Payton out on the floor with Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, Nikola Vucevic. There just was not enough shooting to create space. Now, you add Terrence Ross into the mix, and all of a sudden, Alfred Payton is getting triple-doubles. That's what a good. That's what even the threat of good shooting does. Now, Terrence Ross struggled to shoot the ball to end last season. Um, I think he can and will shoot better uh, as he gets a full year within the Magic's, Magic's offense, within the Magic system. I think that's going to going to help him if, 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 if he stays. Again, all this is qualified if they stay, because who knows what the Magic are going to do this summer. Um, or, Orlando does have some very significant needs there. Um, I think they have to be looking to upgrade just about every position on the floor. I don't think that they can afford to overlook anything. Gordon at the power forward is about the only player that I feel fairly secure saying he's where he needs to be. You know, maybe Nikola Vucevic and Bismack Biombo, one of those two, I feel fairly comfortable saying those are the team's centers. Other than that, the Magic need to look for shooting. They need to look to bolster the team's shooting, and that probably does mean looking to make a permanent upgraded point guard or looking to make the point guard position more solid, looking for guys who are athletic and want to get out on the wing. I think it also means finding cutters. I mean, I think that was that, that's something that the Magic need to do more of is move without the ball. Be in positions uh, to, to get each other open when they don't have the basketball. So, you know, even to having some guys who don't need the basketball to succeed, you know, you get a, a guy, you know, you know, even like a guy like Jody Meeks who could move without the basketball and create movement and rotations without having the basketball in his hands is a huge, huge benefit. Um, I think when it comes to the Magic right now, focusing on on fixing the offensive problems and the offensive cohesion problems is going to be the bigger issue for the team. Last year, last summer, they put all their eggs into the defense basket. And they thought that just defense would win the day. And that's been conventional logic and it's worked before. But, and it's worked specifically for Frank Vogel before, but I think in this new reality of the NBA, it's clearer that it's better to grab offense, create offensive cohesion, and then teach defense. And if anyone can teach defense, it's Frank Vogel. Uh, I have every faith 
that if you give him a, a functioning offense, he'll be able to get as much as he can out of the team defensively. I think what the problem was with the team this year, and I think it's a human psyche thing, the offense was struggling, and that caused everyone to kind of sink their heads on defense because they weren't able to score, they weren't able to match at, at times. So I think the defense will resolve itself. Orlando completely changed its style of play, and I do think continuing the up-tempo style is the way for the Magic to go and the way for the Magic to move forward. I think that is the style the Magic should adopt uh, for the foreseeable future. I, I think that that is a successful way for this team to play basketball, and they have the personnel to do to play that way. Um, when it comes down to it, they've got to find ways to make player not make players fit, but they got to find players that fit that system, and I think that's going to be the big trick this summer. They can't go and invest in another lumbering, you know, regular four that's going to push Sheridan Gordon out of the way. They got to find players at the three and the two and the one even who can shoot the ball and get out and run. I mean, I look at a player like DJ Augustin now. DJ Augustin fit the style the Magic were planning on playing. He's a very good ball control point guard who can hit the three, you know, doesn't necessarily need to be the point guard point guard, uh, but off the bench can lead a team and lead a second unit. In a more fast-breaking style, he struggles because he's not a super athletic, you know, race down the floor type of player. That's just that's not who he is. I mean, that's not a, necessarily a knock on him, but he he succeeds more in kind of slowed down, you know, more what's the word structured offenses, out in free-flowing, fast-breaking offenses. Augustin is not the same type of player. Uh, and so I think that the Magic, again, need to find guys that, that fit that style. And, when, and again, when you ever have Bismack Biombo on the floor, uh, you need shooters around him to make his screens and his rolls more effective because, you know, he needs a lot of space to catch the ball uh, and, and he's just not a threat offensively. So you've got to make the defense worry about other guys so that they have to stay attached to Biombo or have to worry about the ball handler uh, and, and let Biombo roll down down the middle of the lane better. So the Magic's needs have certainly changed. Um, you know, I, I think they're still pretty straightforward. They they need to get better. They need to improve their talent base. They need more. They need to get more athletic. But they need to add shooting, and they need to be willing to find guys who can cut and move off the ball as well as well. Um, I, I think the focus this summer will be more on fixing the offensive cohesion and believing that they can teach the defense. Uh, you know, not not that they shouldn't find two way players. If they can find, they need to get two way players, of course. Um, players who are capable defensively. But I think it starts with building the offensive cohesion that the team needs after the way things changed after last season. And I, I think that's going to lead to one of the more interesting dilemmas that the Magic will face this offseason. And that's going to be today's player evaluation. And You know, you, you thought I was only doing the big players this week. We're going to stretch those guys out. Today, we're going to talk about Jody Meeks and his season, and I think he's going to be one of the more intriguing decisions that the Magic have to make this offseason. Jody Meeks had an incomplete season. He played in only 36 games this year. It feels like a lot more, but he only played in 36 games. He missed the first 20 because of complications of, of the foot injury that he had last year. He, he came to Orlando in July was shooting and working out, said he was healthy, said he was ready to go. Trainers took a, felt some discomfort in his foot. Trainers took a look and discovered a problem that needed surgery. So he missed the first 20 games. Those first 20 games, of course, the Magic 
we're doing okay, uh, but we're all but we're struggling offensively, and desperately needed the kind of shooting that Meeks provides. And when Meeks entered the lineup, almost immediately you could see the difference offensively. The space he created just by his mere presence was astounding. It was uh, really a, a a a revelation, and the team's offense took off. Perhaps even hiding some of the team's defensive problems. Meeks moves well without the ball, and he can come around a screen and get his shot up in a hurry. And he loves to shoot the ball, and quickly became he became kind of the team's bench flamethrower. Every team needs a bench flamethrower, a guy who just gets irrationally hot and can make shots, can score a bunch of points in a hurry and change the momentum of a game, change the confidence of a game. Meeks did that on several occasions throughout the season. He was good when he was out there. Because after missing those 20 games and coming back for a stretch in January, Meeks dislocated his thumb and was out another 30 games, roughly 30 games. And by the time he came back, Season was over, of course, and there's only about a dozen or so games for him to try and get back into a rhythm and contribute something to a team trying to build a winning culture. The story of Meeks this season, unfortunately, is his injury, is that he could not stay on the floor for his team. He played well when he was there. He played well when he was on the floor. No one, I think, can be upset with the job that Jody Meeks did on the basketball court. The unfortunate thing was injuries kept him from getting there. And it was the second straight year that he had injury. He missed all of all of but three games last year with a foot in, with the foot injury that kept him out at the beginning of this season. And so the question with Meeks now becomes, especially with the new GM, how do you value him? This year was the last year of his deal paid him about $7.5 million. We're in a new salary cap era. Who knows what that's worth now? Who knows what other pieces the Magic are going to bring bring in? And Meeks is a fairly one-dimensional player. He is a shooter. That is what he does. That is pretty much all he does. And this year he was good at it. 40.9% from beyond the arc is very good. The best on the Magic, uh, except for Marcus Georges Hunt, who had a small sample size. Meeks did his job. He just couldn't stay healthy. That's the story of the season, of course. And when it comes down to it, I think that the Magic will look to re-sign him. I think that they will consider bringing him back on a one-year deal or one in one-year deal with a with a non-guaranteed the second year. But I don't think he's a top priority either. It's going to be really interesting to see what Jody Meeks' market is and exactly how the Magic decide to handle him. Because he is really good at what he does. The question is whether, A, Meeks wants to return, first off. No indications that he doesn't want to return. And B, what exactly it's going to cost to get him back. If you bring Meeks off the bench as a 7th or 8th man, kind of a floor spacer off the bench, he's perfect. And the Magic know that. But the question is, after two straight years being, being unhealthy, how much are you willing to trust in him? 
having said that part, the injuries were fluky. The thumb injury was fluky. He showed no ill will, ill repair for the foot injury once he came back the first time. You know, Stan Van Gundy said before the last game of the year, I believe it was the last game of the year, um, he said, you know, Jody's had a really rough two years, and he's a really good player, and we and and you know this time when he needed to be kind of showcasing himself to get that last big contract, perhaps he's been on the shelf, and it's really tough because Meeks. When he's been on the court, has was really good. I you have to say that if you take out the injuries, Meeks was a success for the Magic this year. He was a good, shrewd move for the team. And who knows if Meeks were healthy for those first twenty games and helping the offense a lot, maybe the defense keeps up and maybe the Magic have a completely different season. We'll never know that part. But overall, I think Meeks did a good job this year. Um, I graded him a B on the player evaluations, which you can check out on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And we'll see if the Magic decide to keep him or not. His story of the season was injuries. And he didn't deserve it. But sometimes, and I'm sorry for the pun, sometimes those are the breaks. All right, I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Let's finish off the show as we have for the last two weeks with our hashtag one lottery per day. We are 20 days away from the NBA draft lottery. May 16th is the NBA draft lottery. We've been simulating one draft lottery per day. If you want to send your one lottery per day, just one, do it once. Don't do it more than once. Do it once. Send me your results on Twitter, at LockedOnMagic or at OmagicDaily. I'll share them with the peoples and talk a little bit about them here. Just We've had some interesting discussions. I mean, I had an interesting conversation up online, and maybe I'll talk about this a little bit more, uh, but would you give up a... Would you give up the 2019 Lakers pick if it guaranteed the Magic a top three pick? I want you to think about that. Send me your response on Twitter at LockedOnMagic or at OmagicDaily. Let's keep the discussion going and let's run today's lottery. Yesterday, the Magic won the lottery. What will happen today? Not a good day for the Magic today. Orlando with the sixth pick in the draft are your top three. Charlotte rises 11 spots to get the number one pick. And I am keeping track of all this. The Lakers... Are second, so the Magic do not get that pick, and the Phoenix Suns are third. So Orlando with the sixth pick. Um, this is interesting. So I've been running this every day, including the weekends, since last Monday. So that would be two, four, six, eight, ten times. So we've run this ten times now. This will be our this will be our ten one lottery per day update. Magic have gotten the Lakers pick six times. They haven't gotten the Lakers pick four times. That's actually statistically what it would be in the long run. Orlando has won the first overall pick twice. In the 10 days that I've started doing the one lottery per day, the Magic have landed first, second, third, sixth, and seventh twice. So the five picks that they've gotten, they've landed it twice. And the one thing they haven't gotten is fifth, which is instructive, of course. Last year was the first time in the draft lottery's history 
that it went chalk, completely chalk. Orlando's currently in line to draft fifth. That's assuming no one jumps up from the top four, or no one jumps up into the top three, or one of the top four jumps into the top three. That's the only way for the Magic to end up fifth. In actuality, the odds say at least one team will jump into the top three that does not belong there. And so, in actuality, Orlando has mathematically the best odds of landing the sixth pick in this year's draft. So keep that in mind as we go through the lottery. Orlando, in the 10 days we've done, I've done this, Orlando's gotten the first pick twice, the second pick twice, the third pick twice, the sixth pick twice, the seventh pick twice, and the fifth pick zero times. Essentially, to get the seventh pick, two teams below the Magic would have to jump into the lottery to get the eighth pick, which is the lowest they can pick. All three teams slated to be in the top three of the lottery would be pushed down out of the lottery. So keep that in mind. The sixth pick is actually statistically the most likely pick for the Magic this upcoming draft lottery. Of course, we'll play the actual draft lottery on May May uh, 16th. Um, I'll likely, uh, I'm going to tease this now. Last year, we did a live draft lottery show, um, had a, had a Google, Google Hangout set up. Uh, we watched the draft live. I had my big board out uh, to show everyone what was going on as it happened. Uh, so we'll probably, I'm going to, pl- I'm tentatively planning to do that again. So as you're watching the NBA draft lottery, I'll be your second screen. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the draft prospects uh, before the draft lottery begins. Uh, and then uh, once the draft lottery begins, we'll be watching it and have immediate reaction to that. So be on the lookout for plan, plan, plan to show up for that. I'll send out the links uh, once they're established and once I make final plans on that. We still got 20 days, so I'm not going to flip out about it. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's podcast. I ended up going about the normal time. Uh, thank you again for listening to today's podcast. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you don't download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily and like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic including some news about E-League coming up in 2018, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I hope my voice was not as hoarse this time. It didn't sound that way. Thank you all again for listening. We'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.